I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Hi, and welcome back. And I'm just back from Chicago, where I was at the Focus Conference with 8,000 people. It was amazing. Picture thousands and thousands of university students from all over the country and even overseas gather together to worship Jesus, to go deeper in their Catholic faith, deeper in prayer, and be prepared for mission and evangelization back on their college campuses. So I just want to give a big shout out to all my friends in the Focus program, whether you're students or missionaries. May God bless you you and in your mission on campus and thank you for your zeal and your witness. Please pray, my friends, please pray for all the focused missionaries and students. And I also ask this week if you could please pray for me and a class I'm teaching. I'm co-teaching with one of my colleagues at the Augustine Institute here in Denver. We're co-teaching a class on the challenge of secularism, a very timely topic for our day and age. Uh, it's also a timely topic for this week's podcast because as I mentioned last week, I'm starting 2018 with a deeper look at the topic of moral relativism, the idea that there's no moral truth. Everyone decides for themselves what's morally right or wrong. And I've been giving a lot of talks on this topic and speaking on my book on this topic, Who Am I to Judge? In fact, it was one of the big talks I just gave at the Focus Conference, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper than what I do in my normal talks here because I want to give some, some, some other resources and tools to help us engage our friends uh, who are coming from a relativistic perspective. So you can do this with greater confidence and greater clarity and be more compelling in your presentation of the Catholic faith. So here's the issue I want to get into this week. I want to take a look at the question uh, many people are going to ask us if we dare to talk about something that's immoral. We say, oh, you shouldn't do that. Immediately people are going to say, but I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not hurting anybody. What's the big deal? You know, I get we shouldn't kill people or steal from people, but what I do in my private life is my own, as long as I'm not hurting anyone. So what I do with my free time, what I look at on screens, what I do with my money, what I do in the bedroom, this is all my own personal life. Uh, I'm not hurting anybody. What's the problem here? How do we respond when people bring this up? Well, I want to draw on, I'm going to do two things here. The first, I want to draw on the 20th century writer C.S. Lewis in his work, Mere Christianity. He emphasizes this idea of uh, two different levels of morality. There's one basic level where we basically say, don't collide with each other. Now, what Lewis does is he draws an analogy. He says uh, that humanity is like a fleet of ships. And if you have a fleet of ships, you got to make sure that the ships don't collide with each other. That's one thing. But then the second thing you've got to make sure of is that each individual ship is seaworthy, that the internal engines are running in order, each ship is running properly. So those are the two things you need. Make sure the ships don't collide with each other, and then make sure each individual ship is running properly. Now, he extends this to the moral life, and he says, you know, there's two different levels of morality. One level of morality is like, don't collide, like ships not colliding with each other. We shouldn't collide with each other in society. Uh, We shouldn't hurt other people. That's why we need to have moral laws, like don't kill, don't steal, don't rape, don't enslave, don't cheat. Things where we're hurting other people don't collide. And most people are comfortable with that level of morality, at least to a certain extent. They get that we shouldn't hurt other people. But it's the second level of morality where people start to feel a little uncomfortable here, uh, where we start talking about each individual ship. 
So people say, well, I get we shouldn't collide, but don't get on my ship. I don't want you looking inside my ship. It's my ship. What I do with my ship is my own. But think about that. Does that make sense? I mean, if an individual ship is not running well, it's going to collide with other ships, right? I mean, imagine telling, you know, why would why would we bother telling the ship, don't collide with other ship if its steering wheel is broken? <laughs> if the steering wheel on the ship is broken, it's going to collide with other ships. We got to fix the steering wheel. We got to address it. That's a serious issue. Uh, and so the point is this. Uh, what Lewis says this. What is the good of drawing up on paper rules for social behavior if we know that our greed, our cowardice, our ill temper, and self conceit are going to prevent us from keeping them. <laughs> in other words, why do we bother telling people don't run into other ships if we're not concerned about making sure each ship is running well? <laughs> yeah, you know, if the, if the ships aren't running well, they're going to collide. And if my own individual life, if I don't have moral character, if I'm not growing in virtue, my vices, my weaknesses, whether it's my lust, whether it's my pride, whether it's my greed, whether it's my self-centeredness, whether it's my impatience, whatever weakness I have, it's going to rub off on other people. It's going it's to have a negative consequence on other people's lives. I'm going to end up hurting the people in my life because of my lack of virtue. Now, I, I think about another analogy from my own personal life here. My, I have two teenage kids that are preparing to drive. It's been a lot of fun. We've been driving around the neighborhood, been going outside the neighborhood around town over Christmas break, and it's been a, it's been a blast uh, driving with them. But imagine if my strategy for preparing my kids for driving was simply this. I said, hey, here you go. Memorize all the rules of the road. Go get uh, the Bureau of Motor Vehicle handbook that lists all the rules of the road and memorize all all those rules. And then when you have them all memorized, here you go. Here's the keys. Good luck. Go start driving. All the best. (laughs) Imagine what's going to happen here. They might know all the rules. They may know you're supposed to drive on the right side of the road. They may know you're supposed to stop at stop signs. And they may know you're supposed to not cross the, the double line. But if they have not had practice driving, if they've not been trained in the skills of driving, uh, it's not going to go well. There's going to be a lot of collisions on the road, right? So why bother giving uh, rules for the road if we don't train people to drive well? We have to do both, right? And the same is true with living well in society. We can't give social laws, don't kill, don't cheat, don't steal, if we don't teach people the skills, the habits they need to live those those laws well. So unless individuals are generous, they're going to do selfish things that will hurt other people. When I lack generosity, I, I hurt my spouse, I hurt my kids, I hurt my family, I hurt my friends. Uh, when, when I lack courage, I, I do cowardly things that hurt other people because I'm more concerned about protecting myself from pain and discomfort. I want my own comfort uh, than I am thinking about serving other people. So I let other people down when I lack courage. When I, when I lack self-control, I, I, I'll do out-of-control things that end up hurting other people. You see, we can't have social harmony unless we have internal harmony within each individual's soul. A great society is not merely built on good laws. You need good laws. But a great society is ultimately built on men and women of great character. All right, so that's one way we can go after the topic of, but I'm not hurting anyone. But I want to go after another one here. There's a second one, uh, and that is this. I want you to consider the two ways we can fail in life, two ways we can fail in life. We One is by breaking the moral law directly, like we break the Ten Commandments. But another one is simply by failing to be the best we can be. 
by failing to be the best we can be. And I think about this in that beautiful prayer we recited at the beginning of every Mass, the I confess prayer. Remember that prayer? What do we confess? We confess all that I've done and all that I failed to do. So it's not just about my thoughts and my words and my actions. It's also about the good I failed to do. You see, when we fail ourselves and we fail to be the best we can be, we're going to fail other people. Because life ultimately is not just about an individual. It's it's, it's about a, a whole a whole team, if you will. Life is like a team sport. You know, I think about that. I, I think about uh, ages ago when I would uh, play basketball with the, the focus missionaries and the focus students when I used to teach at Benedictine College. It was a lot of fun to go on the basketball court, but I have to be honest with you, I'm not that great at basketball. All of the students were always impressed at how high I could jump because I could grab the rim, slam dunk a, a tennis ball. I used to be able to slam dunk a, dunk a volleyball. So they were so impressed. Wow, Dr. Shree, he can jump. But the rest of my basketball skills were just not there. I couldn't dribble. I couldn't shoot. I couldn't uh, I couldn't pass the ball well. I didn't play good defense. didn't block out well. So uh, I really wasn't that valuable on a team. My claim to fame in basketball was in eighth grade, I got a nice trophy. It was the most impressive player award for the eighth grade B team. <laughs> that's, that's how good I was. The eighth grade B team, most improved player. You know, So when we would pick teams when I was there with the college students in, uh, at Bennington College, uh, I was always like the second to last guy chosen. <laughs> you know, They didn't want to choose me last because they didn't want to embarrass me. So I was always like second to last. And, and when I was out on the court, I just I didn't do anything wrong, but I, I just didn't contribute a lot. You know, it wasn't like I went out of bounds or it wasn't like I, I, I traveled with the ball, but I just didn't have the skills to contribute. And I can tell when I was subbed out and somebody else was in, our team was always doing just a little bit better because they had five guys contributing at the top of the game. Whereas when I was out there, I was just, you know, kind of just out there. <laughs> uh, and so other people will feel the consequences when we fail to be the best, not just on a basketball court, but in life in general. So that's the question I want to ask you. How well are you playing your life? Right now, ask yourself that question. How well are you playing your life? Because the way you live your life now is going to have an impact on other people. You know, I often hear from young people, they'll say things like this. Oh, I want to make a difference. I want to have an impact on the world. And I want to come right back and say to them, you know what? You will. You are going to make a difference. You are going to make an impact in this world. But the question is, will it be a good one or a bad one? Everyone's going to leave their mark. The question is, will you make a positive contribution or will it be a negative one? Because there's many ways we can hurt people. We can hurt people directly, but we hurt people also when we fail to be the best we can be. So let's take, for example, let's say that there's a medical student out there, uh, a medical student who's just not doing that great in, in, in their last semester. They were an A student all their years of medical school, but that last semester, they just want to kick back and blow it off. And they're so smart that they can, you know, not show up for class, not do the readings and may, you know, just look, look notes over quickly and, and get a B minus at the end of the semester. And they would look and say, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, that's my private life. What I do with my study and my grades, that's up to me. I'm not hurting anyone. But are they? Is that true? Is that true that they're not hurting anyone? Let's say they were taking a class on 
rare diseases that last semester. And that's when they blew it off and they didn't really give their attention to it. And then five years later, they get a patient that happens to have one of those rare diseases and they don't recognize it. So they don't diagnose it properly. Did they hurt anyone? Absolutely. Their laziness, their failure to give the best of themselves that last semester of medical school is going to have a negative consequence on that patient's life five years later. That person, that patient is hurt by the doctor's actions. Let's make this a little, a little more personal to you, to all of you. You know, do you pray? Do you pray every day? Are you committed to prayer? You know, uh, your commitment to prayer certainly is important for you, but it's also important for the people in your life. I remember just recently on Christmas Day, um, it was a very busy day for our family. We we took all of the, the kids to midnight mass. We got back really late, and my wife and I are up to almost 3 in the morning. We're getting things all ready for Christmas the next morning, wrapping gifts at the last minute, and getting the house ready, and we're exhausted, and we slept in, and then we open up presents, and then we're off making a, a, a wonderful, wonderful Christmas dinner, but it was just like a really busy day. And then in the middle of this busy day, my wife turned to me and says, do you mind if I just go pray for a little bit? And I just wanted to hug her. I go, absolutely. That's awesome, honey. In the midst of a very stressful, busy day, she wanted to make sure she got her time with Jesus because she knows how dependent she is on that. She knows how important that is, not just for her, but for her relationship with the kids and being the kind of mom she wants to be. She knows that on days where she is short on time of prayer, she's short with the kids. <laughs> and she's not able to be as generous and as kind and as on the top of her game as she'd like to be. She needs Jesus. And so her commitment to prayer is so important. But when we cut corners in prayer, we hurt other people. We've certainly hurt our relationship with God. But other people are going to feel the effects of our lack of commitment to prayer because we're going to end up giving other people just ourselves. We're not going to give the best of ourselves to others. And the best of ourselves is when we're radiating Jesus to other people. Let's live deeply with Jesus and be committed in prayer. You know, maybe give another example, big example in our culture today. Uh, there are many fathers out there who worked really hard to provide for their children. They, they got their kids a, 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 a good college education, a nice car, maybe lots of clothes, good vacations, all these wonderful things. They provided for their children, but they just weren't around a lot. They weren't present to their kids. Tell me, what do you think about that? Did the fathers hurt their children? Well, on one hand, the secular culture would say, oh, the father didn't hurt the children. The father didn't beat up the kids, didn't verbally abuse the kids, didn't steal from the kids, didn't kill the children. They, the father didn't hurt the kids, at least directly. But if the father was not present, didn't really connect with his children, are those children going to feel the consequences? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to be hurt by their father's actions or lack of action. So there are many ways we hurt people, my friends, uh, and they're not always the direct ways. We often hurt people by failing to give the best of ourselves, whether it's on the basketball court, in, a, in my fun analogy about, uh, about team sport, life as a team sport, or whether it's your life as a student, if you're a student, or your life as a spouse, your life for prayer, your life uh, as a father, as a mother, all these things, we must give the best of ourselves. When we fail to do that, we hurt other people. So there are, uh, this is one thing that the secular relatives of culture doesn't quite appreciate. They think, what I do in my private life doesn't matter. And I would come back and say that in the end, 
in a sense, there's no such thing as a private life because all that I do in my so-called free time behind closed doors is I'm forming certain habits. I'm forming my character. I'm, I'm forming certain patterns of how I live and how I relate to others. And so will those patterns lead me to love people? So for example, somebody says, well, I'm just looking at pornography and I'm not hurting anybody. But in doing that, a man looking at pornography is training himself to objectify the opposite sex, to look at women in a way uh, that reduces them as a mere object for, for their own pleasure and their own imagination, their own hearts, their own thoughts. Uh, and, and, and they're not going to be able to easily give themselves in love to others and treat uh, the opposite sex as authentic friends. Uh, and certainly this is going to affect their future marriages if they don't get help. Uh, so th- 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 we need to really emphasize this, that what someone does in their private life forms their habits, forges their character that they bring in to all of their relationships. So in a sense, there's no such thing as a private life. All of our choices matter. Will they lead us closer to becoming the kind of persons we want to be? Or would they lead us farther away from, from what we're meant to be, for the greatness God has in store for us? So my friends, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you found this helpful, could you share it with others? And could I ask that you uh, take time to, uh, to review it? I, I'm told that when there are more and more reviews on a certain podcast, uh, I, uh, the, the iTunes uh, world and its algorithm gets it out to more people. And if this podcast has been helpful for you, I'd appreciate you taking time to review it so that it can bless other people uh, and help them in their own walk with God. So in this podcast, we look at the Catholic faith. It's all things Catholic, where real faith meets real life, and we consider how the faith is to be lived. So understand it better so we can live it better. Thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for future shows, you can reach out to me at edwardsri.com or you can reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter. God bless.